You know, sometimes I feel like we live with regret based on the kind of work we put into something. You know, they're like saying like women always fear like they'll do so much for their to like turn a man, a boy into a man. And then somebody else is going to get all of the hard work they put into someone. I kind of feel like sometimes that's the same thing. Like when you're a person who carries God, God's energy. Everything you do is pretty much intentional and you put a lot, you walk with purpose. You know what I mean? Like everything you step foot into, every avenue of your life or aspect of your life that you put effort into has a level of your energy. And it's like sometimes it don't always work out as planned and there's a level of regret or, you know, resentment and fear that, you know, after you leave, all of the seeds you've sown will start to sprout and you just didn't have the capacity to, you know, wait it out. But what I want to say to that person is if something is still is draining you, but yeah, if something is draining you, depleting you, and you feel like you're being called in another direction or you feel like you, you've done all you can do and what you want to do as far as investing your energy. Because what people don't realize is energy is everything, right? God is, is energy. And so everything is an extension of energy. That means you as a person, your physical body, you, what you can do for people, your money is an extension of your energy and how you invest it and what you invest it in is a is what you attract to yourself as well. But it's just like, if you know that the energy you are investing in something is not being reciprocated, it's not being respected, but instead it's being used, it's being manipulated, it's being downgraded, it's being gaslit, it's being, and even though I hate using it, I hate, I hate words that start to trend in our community and like destroy our community. <laughs> like, I, it's so crazy how humans gravitate to the most, like the words that have the most negative energy attached to them. And, and and that's the new form of power. Like right now is like the meaning, like the power that words carry. And because it was such a mass awakening, I know I'm getting off topic, but because it was such a mass awakening and people were going through, you know, that hard part of healing or the ugly part of healing, all the things that they were trending and, and throwing out there doing that, like stint in in the midst of 2020-2021, those words carry a powerful energy. So you got to be careful how you use words like trauma, toxic, uh, trauma bonds, uh, toxic, um, gaslit, narcissist. All those words that were circulating carry an energy that, to me, is almost like a form of dark magic, you know, uh, whatever you want to call it, even witchcraft, but not in the sense of talking about all, like as if all witchcraft is bad or whatever, you know what I mean? But just in some, it's, it's carrying a negative energy. The connotation behind them may not, because of the way they're being used, uh, so inappropriately and so dehumanizing and so ill-willed to me, I feel like they carry energy, especially because a lot of times the trauma that it put onto us as as we're already going through the trauma of healing through spiritual awakenings, it just did something to us differently. When you're going through a spiritual awakening, people who really know 
understand that you're like almost like your mind is so open that everything you're back at that state like of childhood in a sense like things can easily get programmed to you things actually hit your soul your core your spirit you know and they can really do stuff to your ego to your sense of self to your mind to your heart to your spirit all those things so you have to be mindful of what you've been exposed to during that period and how it's affecting you and how you may need to reframe, reparent, whatever. But yeah, so I, like I was saying, though, don't regret it because at the end of the day, if somebody leaves you, if a man leaves you, if a woman leaves you, and you feel like you've invested so much into helping them heal and become better. And if a job, you know, you feel like you've put a lot, you're all into it. And, you know, all of a sudden as you leave, the success you see comes in or the person begins to be happier in another relationship and, and actually taking the care of responsibilities or doing what they're supposed to be as a, a partner, as a lover. You just got to know that, that it wasn't for you. And who knows, that person may need to go through their experience and they may end up getting hurt and they may need to realize that what all you did and they may come back. Like the saying goes, if you really love somebody, you know, sometimes you may have to let them go. And if it was meant to be, they'll come back eventually, you know? What's meant for you won't miss you. And you got to kind of walk with those beliefs. Because I know there's a lot of negative things to infiltrate our mind and our thoughts. But what is our mind if we never believe the positive, but we always are accepting of the negative? What is our reality? Bleak, miserable, hell on earth, not heaven on earth. I know sometimes it feels like, mm, this bullshit, man. Like all this stuff, positivity, positivity. That's how our mind is easily going to do that. Easily. But you, like I always say, for discernment, you always got to ask yourself, what does this do for my mind? What does this do for my heart? What does this do for me? What does this do for my family? What does this do for the collective? The way I'm thinking, what does it do for me? Does it uplift me? Does it empower me? Does it motivate me? Or does it discourage me, defeat me, disempower, depress? You get what I mean? You got to always have those rules of thumb in the back of your mind. But yeah. So hopefully this kind of gives you an idea and and living a life through regret or being fearful of you not reaping what you've sown. Because you will. Just because you don't reap it from that plant or that seed in particular, trust me, the energy that you've put out is still out there. And it will come back to you in many forms. The energy is infinite. The energy comes in everything. God is everything. The creator of all. And you are, and, it, and God is living through you. So everything that you create, it's coming back to you in some form. It's like a circular, you know, thing. Reciprocation. Even if you may not get it from that person or that individual or that thing or that whatever, it's going to come back to you in some form or fashion. And this is not an idea of karma. This is just my interpretation of like, you know, you do good things and good things will come. But yeah, anywho, as always, keep God first. Peace, love, light, and healing energies. Be open to receiving them. I love you guys. Peace out. So for this thing, I'm going to be talking about rich people advice. So what we have to understand is everybody's in a different phase of life. And sometimes we get so far in our, our new phase 
that we forget where we came from we lose the essence of it um like some spiritual teachers don't know how to tap into the collective that's just starting off in their journey of awakening and who is still in poverty because this is already successful and they've kind of lost touch with that so their more their resonance is more of the people who have kind of been in their journey for a little bit kind of like similar to them so they're just in alignment and there's nothing wrong with that but like say me per se I may resonate more with the people who are kind of like just starting off who are like you know they're still in the struggle mode in the grind mode because that's kind of where I'm at where I am but I have the wisdom and the downloads and the connection the divine connection to, to give certain wisdom that may be able to help them you know what I'm saying because we kind of going through things in like similar timelines but you know, rich people, a lot of times, and especially depending on their background, not all rich people were uh, born, like, got it out the mud, I, I, I can say base. Some were born with a silver spoon in their mouth, meaning they were born into success, born into riches, or they had a lot of privileges that gave them opportunity, um, resources, and just like, you know, shortcuts. So... There's a different perspective that they may have that they may not relate to you or may not just resonate with you. And so I'm saying all this to say because <laughs> I ain't gonna lie, I get tired of rich people, not all rich people, some rich people saying that we need to stop caring about money. It's kind of like they devalue money or, or like, uh, you need to be more about or, or stop worrying about these material, these things, these things. They don't matter. They don't matter. You can't take them with you. I get it. It's true. Or uh, money does not buy happiness or money is not everything. I'm like, okay, it, it is. It's not, but it is. Because when you tell me it don't buy happiness or happiness or it's not everything, you clearly does don't know what it feels like to have to not have food in your fridge. You clearly don't know what it feels like to not have jackets in the winter. You clearly don't know what it feels like to not be able to pay your rent um, at the first, second, or third of the month. You know what I'm saying? Like, so these are real struggles that people go through on a day-to-day -day basis. And so, when you truly understand that the, the it's a direct relation, my sense of survival is in direct relation to how much money I have. And then you put us into this consumeristic, capitalistic society where you're, where we're really programmed to yearn and need money uh, on top of wanting it. Half the time, if you ask a lot of people, they're like, man, bro, I don't even just want to be rich. I just want to like be good. Like not have to worry about this or, 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 or that bill or if I can pay for my son to join this sports team or I can pay for my daughter to join that sports team or or go to this good school or, you know, have a house with the backyard or uh, like it's like bare. It's like to me. Just bare minimum when it comes to livelihood or like the American dream, like, you know, what I'm saying it's just what people work for, because a lot of people out here working these nine to fives, working 40 plus hours a week and they're still living check to check. They, they get their check just to be broke. You know what I'm saying? Like, you broke before you even see the check. Hit the uh, your account. So it's like, don't tell me money can't buy happiness. And then when, you know, 
food and gas is going up, even though I don't really pay attention to that because if I need it, I'm not really looking at it because it's not going to do nothing for me but make me more stressed. It's just like, I need it, I'm getting it. I can't sit up here and be crying over spilled milk. Like, it is what it is. But back to the topic, it's like, these are things that, like, to me, tarnish the relationship that black people have with money because people have so much shame guilt and judgment revolving around it people have so much um programming that does not allow you to love money as a channel as a catalyst as a source not necessarily a source but just a tool and a channel to get some of the things that we want in this world. If abundance is my birthright, the abundance of this land does include material things. If I want a house for my son and my daughter or whatever, you know, children to play around and live in, if I want to be in an environment that does not fuel me with stress and, and fear and danger, if I... Um, If I want to be able to go out to eat every now and then or have a date night or, or go on a vacation or take, you know, my family on a vacation, these are not extreme. I didn't say I wanted to buy an island. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, so it's like, you're not asking for too much. And don't let anyone make you feel that way. Like I say, perspective is perspective. Everybody has their right to their perspective, but you don't always have to, um, integrate someone else's uh, perspective into your life if it doesn't fuel your spirit or if it doesn't uplift your spirit or you know motivate your spirit or uplift or inspire all these high vibrational energies if it's sitting up here filling you with guilt shame judgment fear depression like no that's not sitting right with your soul that's not sitting right with your spirit and that's not to say that sometimes tough love does fuel you with a little bit of uh, anger or triggering, but you you know you know when something is really like for your good, or when it just really just seems like poison to your, to your soul. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like when in rebuilding our relationship with money, uh, and I am gonna attach my other one where the money resides and money mindset or money Monday. Some other um, reflections I had on money, I'll add that. So. But yeah, there's there's just more than one way to build your relationship with money and more than one way to see money and being rich and being wealthy. Dream bigger. You don't have to keep humbling yourself and downing yourself. To me, that's oh that's still to me slave mentality. That's the way that we've been programmed to be. Be these humble servants to is it really the Lord or, or was it to master to, to the to what they wanted us to be, to serve them. You know what I'm saying? God wants you to be your highest self at your highest, fullest potential. Remember that. You know, I'm always trying to get to the bottom of like maybe why black people have a rap of being lazy <clears throat> and why sometimes we battle with, you know, working and grinding. And I really just, for me, I really feel like it comes from a place of 
we're not lazy. We're really tired. When you're poor and you struggle and you're go and you're always trying to get out of the struggle, can't nobody tell me that I don't try my best and I'm not working hard and grinding and hustling to get out of that circumstance. And I think for me, grinding is a triggering word and I prefer to use like words like, you know, drive, self determination, will, passion, um, self discipline. Not even self discipline, but because I feel like they kind of, in a way, say, say, like, passively is saying that I'm, like, lazy or something. And my thing is, not that I'm lazy, it's not that I don't have drive or, or whatever, I don't know how to grind it out, but it's like, I don't want to grind it out for somebody else's dream. Like, I don't want to grind it out for for somebody else's company. I'm just at a place where I am not trying to help somebody else level themselves up. I'm trying to put all my energy in how can I level myself up. Anything outside of what is serving me and my family and my legacy or the betterment of, of, of my community is just literally a crutch and not in an enabling way, but like a, like a stepping stone to get to where I want to be for myself and my goals. It's not, I'm no longer investing my energy into someone else's vision. And someone else's dream, into someone else's company, like I like I have been, because it's gotten me nowhere. Me personally, I'm not saying it for anybody else. Me personally, being the teacher's pet, being the good girl, being the one who's always doing things right, has gotten me nowhere. You know, and I was just really thinking of like, what's the root of why um, grind is triggering to me? And I think it's because when I think of like grinding for somebody else I mean even if it's for yourself and in, in gaining a sense of self-discipline and whatever else you take out of this job but it's like the process of gaining that experience through someone else's business makes me feel used it's kind of like you capitalizing off of my own personal growth and I'm very self, my mind is very self-sabotaging. But this is what I'm working through because, you know, the black mind does carry a lot of complexities. Just be, complexes, you know, just because it's like it carries so much um, historical trauma and like the wounds of like slavery. And that's why I like, I be want to detach from that sometimes, that narrative, because I feel like it, it, it makes you carry a certain level of, um, disability almost like carrying those wounds if you think about it you're a wounded soldier if you're a wounded soldier how much can you fight versus someone who's more empowered so that's why sometimes I try to let go of it because it, it can manifest into like victimhood but I do also have to like address my emotions and feelings and thought processes as well and try to get to the bottom of, of it to kind of heal through it and so I was just reflecting on that and just kind of like something I tried to record this morning it would allow me is just being aware of like the depressive energy and all of your uh, avenues or aspects of life you know even in the business world you know a lot of times these bosses are very conditioned and some most of them are unconscious to it and just because it's something that's just been conditioned in our capitalistic societies that's very dominant very controlling very uh, oppressive in, in nature and, you know, they try to buck break or uh, willy lynch you in a sense, just extremely kind of putting it. 
the person who's like a revolutionary, a resistant spirit, a rebellious spirit, you know, every energy we have in us, we got to know how to balance it and regulate it because sometimes it can pose as a roadblock to your blessings, but you got to kind of know when to listen to it and when not to, or when to take it as intuition and when to take it as maybe a wounded experience. Either way, it's all out of survival to protect you from, come. Uh, how can I say, being put in a situation that you don't want to be put in. So your mind will create scenarios or thoughts or processes based on what you've seen or what you've been through or what you've heard about to prevent you from being in it. Like, man, I don't know. It seemed too good to be true. Or the what ifs or the worst case scenarios that come into your mind when something good is coming up or when something seems peaceful. Oh, man, you bored. Oh, man, uh, some bad thing happened. These are all survival tactics of the mind. And sometimes you just got to know when to realize that your mind's advice isn't always the best one. Or, like, you know, only one aspect of that advice. You know, you got to look on both sides of the coin or know that, th that it's a spectrum, not just black and white thinking. There's gray area in the middle. It's not just this, one thing extreme negative, and not that one thing extreme positive. There's some gray area in the middle. There's some... Uh, life is like a series of waves, you know, it's not just a plateau of, of perfection or a plateau of uh, negativity. Life is a roller coaster. It's a road trip. There's so many pit stops and so many dips and valleys and, you know, so these are all aspects of getting an understanding of your mind and just kind of staying in that driver's seat when you are maneuver through it and being around people who may be um, consciously or unconsciously uh, manipulative to, of you to serve their purpose or them and because to me the only thing you should be serving is God and your higher self your mission for yourself what does that look like what is what steps do you need to take to get there don't get sidetracked by staying too long at the hotel in the road trip of life and the hotels you know someone else's journey or someone else's goal and vision that you you know, lose time to get into your own place. And don't beat yourself if you have. Everything is a learning process. So, yeah, you did stay there long, okay. Now, just, okay, check out and get back on the road again. What's meant for you is meant for you. You can't really miss it. It's just I'm trying to, trying to save lost time. And that's what teachers do. They kind of help you, give you a blueprint so you don't make some of the same mistakes that they've transcended through or, you know, made it through on their own personal journey and they've gained the wisdom to share with people who may not have that experience experience is our best teacher so those who have more of it have more to teach <laughs> but yeah um, this just kind of was my reflection on that and, and just kind of how I would get to the bottom of stuff because I still battle with like you know is it really all in my head? You know, am I being like a too, it's too good to be true type of person? Am I making excuses because I don't really just know what's foreseen? And this is kind of like a defense mechanism for my anxiety. The mind is so complex that you can get, it's easily go down a rabbit hole, guys. And this is why it's a diary. This is a diary of a conscious black soul. It does not mean I have all the answers. It does not mean um, everything I say is going to give you peace. Sometimes it may make you think a little bit harder, analyze things. But 
I even have to come back and recenter and reground myself. But this is all just reflection. Reflection is healthy. You just got to know how to regulate it, okay? Um, but as always, keep God first. Peace, love, light, and healing energies. Be open to receiving them. I love you guys. Peace out. One thing about me is what I'm always trying to do is empower people. And so in doing that, one of the things I found for solutions is giving people tips on how to recognize oppressive or dominant or controlling or manipulative energies and so you can stay ready so you ain't got to get ready so you can stay in the driver's seat it's not to make you more distrustful or more paranoid or skeptical or cynical it's just being real i wish everybody in this world had genuine pure intentions but they don't and genuinely this is why nice guys do finish last because we we give so much um benefit of the doubt which i don't feel like you shouldn't do but i'm just saying it's okay to balance that out with a little practicality and just being mindful of not everybody has the same intentions as you you know what i mean um and one of those things is be aware of people beating you to the punch i call it beating to the punch because what they do is they try to say like they know what what how they come off or how their business comes off or how you know whatever they come off as a person or a company or whatever and so they try to beat you to it uh yeah it's too good to be true right i know you see walk around and you see everybody smile and it feels like something out of a matrix or a twilight zone huh um so what that does is gives your mind a little bit of a <sighs> sigh of relief because now you're like oh yeah i mean i was kind of tripping in my head i was thinking it's like they kind of already know what you're thinking because this is what they do companies they they know how to they know psychology you know what i'm saying so they beat you to the punch with it and they try to make it seem like what you're feeling is normal and it's because your your mind can't wrap your its mind around it because it's it is too good to be true we're, we're this we're amazing we're, da, da, da. we're not like the average this i'm not the average dude i'm not the average female so yeah, your mind is going to jump to distrust and paranoia and have all these kind of random thoughts that make you want to leave a good situation because it's like, dang, trouble's right around the corner. And and sometimes you do need to recondition that because maybe it's not trouble around the corner. Maybe it's something good around the corner. But if you're always going with just the one mind of negative, then you can miss out on the blessing. But on the other hand, you do, to me, also have to be aware of the possibility of it being the it being true so i mean you have to just ask yourself within day are you willing to take the risk and are you willing to lean more into faith um over fear or is it something you even want to invest your time or energy into because there are going to be moments where you do have to kind of just jump leap take their risk take the leap of faith whatever but then there's also sometimes where you have to like kind of be able to see and discern when you're stepping into a situation that could be possibly worse but at the end, they always know to tell yourself, what doesn't kill me makes me stronger. So even if, yeah, you make a mistake, you may take that risk and something bad comes out of it, something good came out of it too. Because now you have another level of, of knowledge, wisdom, and you may have learned something like a lesson out of it. And you have something that you can take away into your next experience in life. So at the end of the day, it wasn't in vain. Something was received from that experience. But that was just something I was just thinking about. You know, I was just sitting here reflecting, as usual, per use, um, because I 
when you're pretty conscious, it's almost inevitable you're going to go through phases of overthinking and whatnot. But, you know, I've been trying to lean more into spirit or my emotions and just my feelings and, like, my passions. Leaning more into that and, like, what just honestly makes me feel good and happy. And it's sustainably, like, spiritually prosperous. Like, it's, you know, sustainable. It's not, like, so dependent on external forces. It's something I can do within myself um, and not always needing someone else to validate me in some way or uh you know just outside force to kind of make me happy like trying to find more ways to like get into that energy by myself um self-sufficiency spiritual self-sufficiency but um yeah but no I was just reflecting on like work and um since I've been really into that like hard I know it's a lot of people are into feeling this like you, I mean, when the song came out, You Won't Break My Soul, it kind of just almost solidified that where the collective mindset was going to go. Just because we are um, cut from the same cloth, a lot of times that collective consciousness, you're pulled in in mindsets that maybe not all the time you agree with it. So you have to sometimes attach and make a conscious choice to not go with a certain mindset when you know you're spiritually connected. You get what I'm saying? You got to cut cords sometimes. But... Um, I just know a lot of people, especially with the scare of, like, you know, recessions and, like, all these other things, people are really reflecting on work. And the thing is, it's, like, what I hate about people becoming consciously aware of, like, the way they want to be treated in, in, in jobs is that most jobs are still on the lower vibrational plane, like, on the traditional toxic old school method of um, business. And so, with that being said, people who have integrity, people who have a certain level of uh, righteousness within themselves and what they want for themselves, it's hard for them to find jobs that align with them. And not everybody, and I'm going to keep it real, not everybody is meant to be a freaking, you know, card reader, like astrologist, um, spiritual teacher, whatever the, you know, the, you know, it's basic spiritual uh, occupations or whatever not everybody is called for that if you're being consciously aware and going through spiritual awakening does not mean you're called to be a uh, like like full-time teacher to me it's more about walking in that purpose like it doesn't mean like you're the how can I it's so hard to like explain it it doesn't mean you're supposed to be on, you know, the social platforms and just fully devoting your life to these types of platforms. It could be, oh, you're going into nursing. Okay, now carry this level of consciousness into nursing. Because how are we going to expect to shift out of these, um, like, toxic systems and how to, you know, how we expect to crumble these systems if there's no, like, freedom riders and in, 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 in these systems you know what I'm saying like we need people with good intentions in all aspects of life teachers doctors uh television entertainment media um hair uh beauty fashion um everything like we need them um religion we need people who who have more than just or who have more drive other than just money and that's something that I'm battling with because I've left two paid per performance jobs and 
I just didn't have, it like didn't sit right with me, the things that I had to do to me, like my quotas, if you can say, or my goals. And it's not that I was just being like dishonest or like manipulative, but it's like, it was hard for me to do certain things knowing like my heart, like based on like, like I can't, I, I don't even know how to explain it. Like, I can't bypass or look past an issue you're having j and just to sell you something. You know what I'm saying? Or pitch you on something. Like, it's going to be hard for me to look past the bigger issues. And sometimes those are, that's, that's what I feel like I had to do. And then, or it, it was just a lot of things within me as a person. And sometimes I hate that about myself because everybody's like, man, you just got to be like, fuck it, man. Do what you got to do to get your money. But it's like, mm, but that's my whole MO is like not feeling like I'm manipulating people or, or getting people to do the stuff that, you know, they wouldn't want to do. I mean, if something's for a good cause, yeah, I, I can, I, you know, it is what it is. At the end of the day, everything has a little bit of unintentionalness in it. We all are trying to live out here. I mean, even spiritual teachers, they all, they extra money, not just out of pure greed, but because they need a, they need to make a living. That's why I don't feel bad about preachers and pastors. Like they need money too. Like they're devoting their life to, to the ministry. They need survival to now. They don't mean like get six Mercedes and the Teslas and Benz and whatever. You know what I mean though? But I feel like there's a thin line between people trying to make people in integrity feel bad about getting money. And a lot of times what I'm looking at is the majority of these roadblocks in this society are meant to keep like good people and nice people down. This is why that term nice guys finish last a lot of times does play out because we're constantly feeling guilty about stuff when we know our heart. That's why one of my major mantras to ground myself and you know give myself the peace of mind that I need is God knows my heart for facts. Nobody can tell me nothing. Nobody can tell me no occupation I get into makes me a person out of integrity because I know when I do the job what I'm doing you know what I'm saying like so but that's a lot of that's what a lot of us battle with you know and, and trying to be righteous and trying to be spiritual and trying to be all these things you still have to look back on it and see like the biggest picture is always going to be for you and your legacy you deserve a certain level of Peace, prosperity, abundance. You know what I'm saying? And we get these jobs and... Or we're not getting these jobs. And the thing is, if you're wanting to, like, kind of rebel and, and revolt against the, the corporate systems or the business models, you know, systems, then you got to be able to have a long-term plan and your passion, too. Like, I'm not saying over here be a nomad and just... Uh, wing it your whole life have some sort of plan if you're going to go that route like because at the end of the day your child <laughs> needs the best I mean they, they need stuff too like be mindful of them as well like your happiness of course has to come first in a, in a sense but what is your goal you always have to look at your like the why like what's 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 the bigger picture happiness and sustainability for your family not just for you but yeah that was just something I was thinking about. Don't let the the stuff... You know, as I think about awakening for black and brown people specifically, um, I think about... And a big aspect of it is, 
you know, the roadblocks that we face when awakening. And so when you think about a lot of the, as I always say, the guilt and the shame that's associated with black traditions, black culture, and it's traditional, whatever you may feel like it, it's rooted in, we have to come to an understanding that a lot of these traditions may that may or may not have come from pleasant roots or history, they are still rooted within us in some aspect of us in our sense of self and our sense of culture and our sense of unity and to strip that from a person and tell them in order to get to a certain place you have to denounce or just totally cold turkey just stop it out of some sense of judgment guilt and shame it's it's not it's counterproductive to healing what i bring is a happy medium a place free of judgment because to me you always have to keep coming back to the light keep coming back to the heart keep coming back to the divinity and that is not from a place of judgment the divine understands history the divine understands that and everyone's perspective is based off of their spirit their ancestors their god who they worship you know what i'm saying but to me an almighty god who created us all understands the things that have happened on this physical plane you know what i'm saying so god understands what has happened and he's not coming here to wake people up and by guilting them by judging them by making them feel horrible or or leaving it up to the ones he have chosen to do that work for him if only god to judge who do we think we are to do it for him? You know what I'm saying? Um, and another thing I want to kind of talk about is, you know, there's so many racial double standards. And I was just, I think about the stupidest thing. This is, this is the beauty of divine messages. It can come from the smallest things. You can go outside and see two trees and get a divine message. I was literally throwing away this, um, you know, those many containers of Vaseline. Not the lipstick, uh, not the chapstick size, but like a little bit bigger than that. So I was throwing away that that had some lotion in it that was given to me by a, a ex coworker, and I was like, you know what, that energy, I don't, I don't want that that lotion. So I threw it away, and then I was thinking, you know, this person who brought it out, you know, he was white, whatever, and you know, <laughs> my mind started automatically going to like a stereotypical. Uh, or prejudice white person's mind, which may say like, uh, she should understand or appreciate this, you know, because it's quote unquote what you know the average society would deem as ghetto. You know, you take a empty Vaseline container and you put some lotion in it and you bring it. Now, one may try to say that there's ghetto, and what does that do to the psyche? It, you start to feel a sense of shame, and then you start associated with a race. But the double standard is him bringing it out. I could look at it as, oh, that's innovative. That's one way to be innovative. But if I was to bring it out, it's like, mm, that's look at this, look at this uh, ghetto shit, or look at this hood shit, or niggery, whatever it is. 
you know, that we may associate to it. And it's like that right there is a prime example of the programming that black people have a hard time transcending through because it's constantly being associated with us. And if I can have these thoughts, I know for damn sure there are people out there who have these thoughts. And my goal is to help reprogram, shift the paradigm, shift the collective consciousness of how, as black and brown people, how we see ourselves. There's a lot of psychological infiltration, programming, and conditioning that we have that affects our sense of self, our sense of worth, and all of it. There's many roots to it, but it's rooted in a lot of systems that we use on an everyday basis, many, in almost every aspect of life that we have. The associations with black are always deemed inferior, and this does something to us, our spirit, our soul. Hence why I call myself a spiritual activist, because I'm always about freeing your spirit, freeing your soul by shifting and redefining your mindset with truth, with uplifting, empowering information, wisdom, and divine messages. Because a lot of the stuff that we have been fed has poisoned our souls, our spirits, our culture, our community. But not all of it we have to eradicate. Some of it we have redefined. We have adapted in a way that has taken our power back already. It does not mean do away with our whole culture. Our culture is in itself the definition of resilience and Adaptation and survival. Their survival and uh, is not always bad. You have to look at it. There's always choice. There's always a way to see something, and you have to be able to shift your mindset of your culture and see the strength and the beauty and the love and the resilience and the strength and the power and the pride that we carry, because there is always the enemy trying to cast a shadow. Over a light. We are a light of people. And you have to ask yourself. Why, why, why. Is there so much designed to tear us down? What is there to fear? You wouldn't fear a peasant. In the sense. Even though, you know what I'm saying. like Not to create this idea of inferiority. But you get what I mean. Just to bring an idea. If something was worthless. What would you fear it for? What would you create? Why would you cage it? Why would you program it to believe it's nothing? If it is nothing, it should know it's nothing. But that must mean it is more than nothing. It is extraordinary. It is amazing. It is chosen. It is loved. It is powerful. It is light. Don't believe the delusions and illusions that have been set forth to enslave you. Pray for discernment. Pray for, you know, the divine messages to come to you so you can see your true self and the potential that you have to turn yourself around and your life around. So that's just something I was just thinking about, you know, a lot of that. And then when I was speaking on awakenings as well, like I said, there's a lot that we have to get past because honestly, the 
the fact that a lot of us feel a pressure to let go of a lot of the things that we have grown to love out of sheer uh, like judgment and guilt and fear of being accepted you don't have to assimilate or conform to everything that's being programmed as a woke conscious spiritual black person you don't have to be full-fledged practicing all of the spiritual practices you don't have to be full-fledged uh abandoning all of the you know um holidays and traditions that we celebrate in in america or whatever you don't have to do that to be conscious and aware it's about understanding what the roots are honoring those that came before you and just understanding your purpose and your light and living out your ancestors wildest dreams as long as you keep those things in intact you can do the things that you still want to do you can still <coughs> converse and intertwine with the common folk <laughs> who are Lost my train of thought because my son had to let me know that he finished all his food so he can get candy. Story of my life. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so what I was saying, it doesn't mean you have to stop intertwining with those who may not seem quote-unquote conscious, aware, spiritual, whatever that may be. You have to realize the essence of it all. The essence is love. It's 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 a person's genuine soul. It's a person's intentions. It's a person's heart. Those things surpass and supersede worldly aesthetics, worldly actions. What does this person do when they're around you? How do they make you feel when you're around them? You know what I'm saying? Like lean into that. That's the language spirit speaks. Anyway. As always, keep God first. Peace, love, light, and healing energies. Be open to receiving them. I love you guys. Peace out. Whatever I create or put my name on, I want it to be more than just an aesthetic. I want it to have substance. Um, more than just a cute photo op. You know, I'm more than surface level. I'm deeper than surface level. Because a lot of times you have these little places, you know, small businesses. And it's not to bring anybody down like small business big business i'm just saying i'm reflecting on what i want and a lot of times reflections come from experiences and i recently went on a brunch with you know an old friend catching up you know we went there it wasn't bad but honestly it wasn't a bang for my buck i felt like it was not it was a little what's the word like false advertising <laughs> like the pictures you you saw of the dishes, it didn't seem, it didn't really look like, or I feel like you didn't get what it showed a picture of. And then it's like, yeah, the drinks were cute, but they weren't that good. And it was just like not what what social media portrayed. And that's a that's just social media for you. Like you have to know how to make something seem like something because. If you get them to your door nine times out of ten, whether you've let them down based on the expectations or not, they're going to still walk in. You know, they've already come all this way. They've already took the time to plan and make arrangements. Unless it's something else like potentially, you know, like better, close, they're not going to turn it away. 
So, yeah, but, you know, it just made me think about, like, me. Like, I don't want the things I create or the things I get my stamp of approval on, you know what I'm saying, to just be, like, an aesthetic. I want it to actually have truth in it. Like, I'm all, I'm a truth seeker. Like, I'm always really trying to find, like, the really, the actual good product, not just the thing that's going to portray to be good and just believably good that's manipulation just to get a lot of money or something that's a niche that can take advantage of a certain group of people um just because i i have the psychology and understanding of where this group of people may be in their trending or in their mindset right now, because it's very easy to, to, to sell people. And this is what marketers do. This is, this is what marketing specialists do. They study psychology, they study people, they study sociology. You'd be surprised the amount of science and studying and research that goes into getting people to spend their money. <laughs> it's like when you think about it, and that's why I always say become a conscious consumer. Don't become a product junkie. Um, I know it's hard, but try to find those staple products, staple things in your life, you know, and they really make it hard for you because you notice when every time it's something that's really, really good and it's just so good that it's outshining everything else, they take it off the market. They buy that product. They they buy that, um, the rights over it and they change up the recipe so it's not as good. So now you still got to find something else, seek for something else to give you the same results. It's just all bullshit. And that's what I'm saying. If I ever find that product, if I ever create something that I know is like a staple product, can't nobody buy that from me because I'm going to be happy that I can give somebody a real solution to a problem. And that's the thing a lot of us have an issue with, like, instead of the $3 million that you got from keeping a, a solid product with integrity, you want the $10 million that they offered you. I'm like... I'm good with it. It's about greed. Like, that greed will make you sell your soul. And then it's like, now your name is still attached to that. Believe it or not, whether you sell it or it's no longer, like, that's part of your legacy. So, I don't know. That's just me. Like I said, it's just me. People do what you got to do to survive, whatever. I'm not judging, but I'm just saying it's just me. Yeah, that's all. As always, keep God first. Peace, love, light, and healing energies. Be open to receiving them. I love you guys. Peace out.